Hello, I'm Eric. Hi, I'm Sydney. And this is Hallmark Mysteries. And more. As promised, here is the second half of the Tracy Andreen interview. If you liked yesterday's podcast, you're going to love today's. She really shares a lot of insight of what it's like to be a Hallmark writer, plus, as promised, a little breaking news. And here we go, the second half of the interview. All right, so speaking, you're talking about how you knew the Holiday Sitter was a great script and everything like that. So with while we all enjoy the more inclusivity, the more progressive nature of of the Hallmark movies lately, there is a big chunk of people who don't. Mm-hmm. And so this movie, um, when I was doing my preview for um, f- for the, the for the holiday season, I said this was going to be the most talk about movie, and I had like I wanted it to be great. It did turn out to be great, which I think was very um, fortunate because. On Instagram, I get in a lot of battles about traditional family values and all that sort of stuff, and it, it's sort of my soapbox I, I I really stand on. And for me, this movie just it had to be good because if not, I thought like the haters would then use it as their their um, thing, saying, "See, you can't do a same-sex rom-com. People, you know, I don't want to see that. This, that, and the other." And if the movie didn't deliver. It had so such weight on it, and I think, like I said, you, you wrote a great script. The acting and it was spectacular. Ali did a great job directing it, so it, it did deliver, which was very fortunate. Did you feel that weight, knowing, like you were basically doing groundbreaking Hallmark, and knowing there is that other opposition out there that just wanted it to fail? Yes, a hundred percent, absolutely. From the moment Jonathan said, "I have an idea," and we're gonna. Because the, the initial draft, uh, the initial incarnation of the script, I was brought in to do a rewrite when it was still a straight s- script. It was called A Manny for Christmas. And Jonathan was going to play the, what became the Jason role with the, the female lead. And after the success of the Christmas House, he came in to Hallmark and said, you know, I have an idea. And to their credit, they said, We're, let's do it. They, they flipped it because originally the... Um, the sister who and her right in the movie, it's the sister and the husband, they go to get their, their child who's being um, born from the birth mother in the um, original incarnation. It was a lesbian couple. So they were like, that was going to be groundbreaking back in 2020. And then when they, they flipped it because Hallmark, honestly, candidly, and they, I think they were aware of this, they needed to do a um, gay lead Christmas movie. And Jonathan certainly knew that. And so when he suggested this, they embraced it and said, go. But, and then I remember when we had our first call and they were, and we, you know, all agreed, let's do it. We were like, this better land, <laughs> you know, like, because we're going to have a lot of eyeballs and a lot of not, you know, it's a lot of eyeballs that like, as you say, are wanting it to fail. And no, and some people who, no matter what you produce, it, they're going to hate it. And it doesn't matter. They, or they're, you know, and they're definitely not going to watch it. And that's fine. You know, don't, don't watch it. You know, I don't, I'm not going to watch certain films that probably you think are magnificent just because of certain elements that I don't want to see, you know, everyone. So that's fine. But yeah, when we went into it, it was absolutely, and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted clarity. Like, can I be funny? Because I know that we need to be funny in this to make it, to, to elevate it. And 
I got the thumbs up. And so I was like playing into Jonathan. I mean, it helps that Jonathan has a very clear and distinctive voice and he loves physical comedy. So, and then he would let us do physical right. comedy. So we were kind of let, you know, allowed to, to run free. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's, there's certainly, um, there's an element in the world today that just doesn't want people to be different than they are. And, you know, that's, that's, I, just, I, I find that to be incredibly limiting. I grew up in Oklahoma. You know, I grew up Catholic in Oklahoma, and that was actually considered sort of, um, believe it or not, oh, you're Catholic, you know, and it was like, <laughs> you're, so you can find a way to otherize anyone if you so choose. And there are certain people who will always choose it to make someone another in a way, and I'm just going to be blunt, as a way to make themselves feel better about themselves. So, so that's just, there's always going to be that situation in, in, in life and, and in Hallmark movies. And that's fine. You know what? More power to you. Don't watch it if you don't want to. Um, but I don't, one thing I just candidly don't understand are the people who feel the need to go out of their way to tell you, yeah, I'm not watching that. Nope. That's a big nope for me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of things I'm not going to say. Right. I don't seek out to do that because to do that is with the conscious or subconscious attempt to harm and to, to hurt someone. And I, I find that to be the least Christian thing that one can do, <laughs> you know? So there you go. Oh, yeah. That's my soapbox. I, I guess I, 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 uh, I get on that and that's, sort of my thing too is I'll be you know what but the whole traditional values like there what's wrong with saying that it, you know I'm like because it's an exclusionary thing just say Christian a conservative Christian values yeah and then you're fine you can want to do your own thing you can do this but it's not like it's just whatever yeah no we're both on the same we're on the, yeah one, it's so. the same soapbox <laughs> Right. It's not just me. So let's move on. So that was that was kind of a heavy one, but I thought it was an important one. No, it and is. I thought, like I say, what you did was really important for Hallmark. And the other thing is, for every person who complains about the direction Hallmark's going and thinks it's going, you know, down the tubes, there's ten people who get up and you know are so excited and so supportive, and also you know now feel like more represented in the movies because. Um, mm -hmm. One of the uh, uh, friends I've developed on Instagram, um, she's a lesbian, and she now is like relates more to some of the sure. you know the storylines and things like that. But she's always loved them, you know, in in general. So she's she was like so excited over over that movie. So I thought it was like I say, it just had a much, you know, you think Hallmark light, fluffy, and that one was still light, fluffy, and all that. And the other thing that was great is at the end of the day, it was just a great rom com. Yeah. Thank right? you. They just happened to be yeah. gay guys. That was but it absolutely really cool. wasn't like I say, it had some good jokes in it, but it wasn't like defined by that. So I thought that was great. Well, uh, thank you. And that All was right. the, that was the goal. And I want to just, you know, what go back to a little bit to what you just said there with regard to, you know, for everyone who bails out, we bring in new people. The holiday sitter ratings wise equaled the movie that had preceded it the Sunday before 
in the same time slot that it was heterosexual, obviously, um, exact same ratings. It did very, the network was very, very pleased. And, um, and actually Jonathan and I are working on another one together. So that'll be fun for 2024. That's awesome. So they're, they're, you heard it here first. Exactly. So it's maybe not, maybe it's like the hundredth place, but whatever. No, <laughs> I don't think I've, I talked about it actually, but yeah. Um, so it's, it was a, it was a absolute success for the network because for everyone who didn't watch it, new people came in and it was great. New people who felt represented. And I'm sure that for the same thing for like, you know, Christmas with the golden dragon, you know, there was people who came in and watched that who would not necessarily right. have watched that or, or any of the others that, you know, don't fit what people's um, perception of what a Hallmark movie is, which is obviously strange. I life. did have one person on, on Instagram who reached out to me who said, and you always know where it's going when they're like, I'm not racist, oh. but, and they said, I just wish we could have a network that just showed white straight people. <laughs> we won't go down there. That That's a whole, a whole conversation. But as soon as someone says that with the, but yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not a homophobe, okay. but back to some fun. Yeah. And you're, I'm not this, but you're like, well, there you go. New, new splash. So, okay. So Hallmark really is known for obviously having the, the, the standard tropes and you write about them and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I have to ask you write from your experience, I'm guessing somewhat, right? Eh, some of it, bits and pieces. Well, I sculpture Christmas. <laughs> Where the hell do you think like, let's write a rom-com about ice sculpting and where, how the hell do you figure out what to write about ice sculpting like you have all the other ones that make sense but okay i have to say that's just nothing i've ever really thought about so that one came about when i was still working at milken institute and i'd done i think that was the third one i did and tim johnson who um was the producer on snow bride came and said hey can you i want to do a movie about ice sculpting and i want it he said i want what did he say? He goes, I want it to be. Why? He just liked, he wanted to do one about ice sculpting. Did you ever see the movie Trumbo? You know, with uh, Brian Cranston yeah. as Dalton Trumbo and, you know, tells the story All of right. his life. And there's that period of his life where suddenly uh, he's excommunicated from Hollywood and he just needs to make a living for his family. So he'll write whatever it is. And, and he, you know, has to turn these scripts out at an incredible pace. That was inspirational for me, <laughs> you know, like in a lot of ways particularly at this period of time in my life. Now, it's less, it was less so now, but at this period of time in my life, I was like, well, I need to make some money. And so when Tim goes, hey, do you want to do um, a movie about ice sculpting? And I wanted to do what he said. He goes, I want it to be Romeo and Juliet and ice sculpting. And I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. That's usually what I do. I say, let me see. He must have just been at a wedding that had this great ice sculpture he or just, something you know, like that. He, he was trying to think of things that were, were wintry and Christmassy. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth, but that's, that was my interpretation of it. And so, um, so I basically sat down, I came up with an idea in the story and I sent it and he was fine. And then I had to do like so much research into ice sculpting. And one of the things is most of the people who do ice sculpting use chainsaws. And when I came into the, the meeting and, had, you know, put chainsaws in my first I think the treatment or whatever, <laughs> basically. And it was, again, I'm going to mention Bart Fisher. Bart's like, you can't do that. And I was like, 
but that's what's authentic. Rachel Boston running around with a chainsaw. He's like, we can't have chainsaws. I was like, but the chainsaws are authentic to what they do. He's like, no chainsaws. I'm like, but I don't understand. He's like, no chainsaws. And I'm like, okay. So there were no chainsaws. <laughs> so, um, but just know that I know that there should have been. And so, yeah, so we had to kind of just, and by the way, it's funny. I Sculpture Christmas is the one title that stayed consistent from, you know, yeah, from, from the very beginning to the very end that I was a part of it, you know, throughout the process, I thought for sure that title was going to change. I was like, and then at the end, I'm like, wait, we're keeping that title? We're keeping Ice Sculpture Christmas? We can't come up with anything else. I have to, like, send them lists of other titles. Oh, we're keeping Ice Sculpture Christmas. I'm like, I really? And, you know, it did really well for them. I mean, it helped that, like... I it was actually a pretty cute movie. Yeah. It was just such a crazy, like, oh. subject. It was a crazy subject, but you know what? He Years later, Tim comes back and he's like, hey, do you want to do another ice sculpting movie? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I like, and not unless I can use chainsaws. Exactly. I was like, Her chainsaws are loud now. He did one, and he ended up doing one. It, it was, um, gosh, I think Taylor Cole was in it. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was, that was one. He was like, Hey, do you want to do this one? I was like, I, I don't, I'm done. I'm done with ice sculpting. I don't want to deal with ice sculpting ever again. Thank you. In fact, I just recently in my move got rid of my, my book, one of the many books on ice sculpting. I was like, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> what <We're> good. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's what you'd read when you couldn't, yeah. like, you had trouble sleeping. Right. I'm going to go back to my ice sculpting yeah. manuals. Well, okay. Yeah. But it was, it's funny because Brenda Strong here, I'm going to give you a segue. Brenda Strong was in Ice Sculpting Christmas, and she is also now in Sweeter Than Chocolate. Right. So there we go. I was like, oh, I'm going to work have Brenda there again. And I was actually at the uh, – Rachel Boston did a, a – uh, she rented out a room at the um, – oh, gosh, it was in West Hollywood. It's this beautiful little room. And we all watched uh, Ice Sculptor – Ice Sculptor movie. I can't say it apparently. Uh, together, and, um, like, Brenda Strong was there, and she was lovely. And I think Virginia Madsen was there and some other people, and we all watched it together, and it was fun. It was fun. Lee Freelander produced that one too. So. Yeah. Awesome. I, so I do have to say I'm known as being pretty much the Barbara Walters of oh. the Hallmark Media. So I do ask the very tough questions. Okay. And I have to say, so it's not since the 90s – East West East Coast West Coast rapper feuds. Has there been a feud as intense as the one between you and Julie Sherman Wolf with her East Coast Connecticut cute Christmas, and then you with your gritty LA Christmas stories? Like, I love Julie. <laughs> do you think you guys will ever mend huh? mend the fences? Mend fences. Do you think you ever mend your fences? We we love each I'm other. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. No, actually, but, uh, Julie and I. You, got, you guys are the two, like, in my opinion, at least, the two primary big ones. And it's just funny and that you're one of you's over in the it, east, one of yeah. you's on the west. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's funny because I, first of all, I love Julie. Julie's one of my favorite. When I talked about the little. No, 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 no. Remember, you have a feud going. Oh, we have you, a feud. You have oh, Julie, her, are you with your Connecticutness? No, I even put Avon, Connecticut yes. in the second book I wrote, just as a little tip of the cap to Julie. Um, but I met Julie, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't even pretend to not like Julie. I adore her. Um, but we met in 2017 at one of the Hallmark TCAs. And I was like, you know, 
sort of like still pretty wide-eyed, like I get to go to one of these things. And we sat down next to each other and we didn't know each other. And by the end of the meal, we were adoring each other and have been sort of, you know, friends. Ever. And it's good. It's kind of like, and then she introduced me to Nina Sherman, uh, Nina Sherman, <laughs> I've merged them, <laughs> Nina Wyman Swift. And, um, and so we kind of like, you know, would, would chat with each other. I haven't, I, I actually need to, this is a good reminder to reach out to both of them. But it's kind of one of those things where I don't think anyone really understands what we were going through, particularly during um, some of the, the, you know, mid-teen years of writing, and except the people who were going through it. So it was really helpful to be have people that we could reach out to and be like, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? I don't know. What are you hearing? And particularly when the upheaval was going on in the transition, and we were like, well, I don't know. What are you, what are you hearing? You know, because, you know, the, we're not really employees of the network. We are all independent contractors, but you know, we, that's who we usually work with. So it helped. We kind of reach, would reach out to each other, but I love Julie's movies. I find them hilarious. I mean, I know her voice as well. She's absolutely hilarious in uh, real life as well. And, um, and so I love watching her movies. I love watching Nina's movies. I, you know, I, I think they're really wonderful. It's spectacular even, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yes, I will say um, she, she's actually along with the with the, the two of you have both been absolutely wonderfully generous and through Instagram, you know, talking with me and everything like that and all that. So I do joke around with her. So yes, when I was talking <laughs> about the feud, I I know that she adores you and all those sort yeah. of th or things like that. But like it was interesting with her, with um, when Holiday Spectacular came out, which everyone liked and loved, and I like said I didn't. But I, but I said it was actually well written. It was well done. It was just not the, that period thing wasn't my thing. Yeah. And it was funny. She sent me a personal note afterwards, and she's like, "Will you please watch um, Hanukkah and Rye?" And I'm like, "Julie, I'm Jewish. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on." And that actually turned out Holiday Sitter and um, Hanukkah and Rye were both in my top five. So I absolutely loved the movie, and I thought that movie was, you know, great too. And I was like, Julie, I did, it's not like I didn't think it was well written. It just, I don't like, like, the 50s thing and all of that and and all, you know. So it just wasn't my kind of like, movie. We're, not everyone's so, going to land. That's the thing. And, um, right. and I actually did like Holiday Spectacular. You know, I'm a, you know. I know most people did. Literally yeah. everyone, I think, did but me. Yeah. Look, I and Margaret. I love her, you know, bye bye Bernie, that all stuff. So when she told me, she sent me um, when they were shooting in, in New York, she was sending me photos of her with Ann Margaret. I'm like, shut up, get out. You've got to meet Ann Margaret. She's like, yeah, she's in the movie. And I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, I actually ended up losing all of this year's Christmas movies in the move. Um, I did not watch, it was, you know, November, December. I like the forgotten months because I was moving and then I ended up going um, on a Christmas market cruise in, in Europe with my mom. Um, nice. Yeah. And so it was, I just lost track of, of, uh, I didn't say, okay, what is it? The DV, they were all on my DVR and then I just didn't think about it. And I took the DVR to uh, exchange it or return it in actually at Spectrum. And when I got home and I was playing with my new TV, I basically went, I just lost all of my Christmas movies. 
and I was hoping Peacock would have them, but they only keep them for like two days. And I, it just, I, so I ended up missing, you know, so many of them and it's happily, um, um, I just got sent uh, haul out the. I mean, I had a meeting and I asked for some links to haul out the Holly, um, uh, three wise men and a baby, and then the uh, Christmas Ghost of Christmas Past or Ghost of Christmas Always because I'd heard good things about nice. that one, and I wanted to see that one. That has nothing. I, the other two I wanted to see because I wanted to see what the other movies that leaned into the the broader comedy how they did. Also, they were very right. successful. And I wanted to see those, and um, and then I wanted to see the other one just because I was like, "Ghosts and Christmas, I love those." You know, like that's yeah. that was. Yeah, Three Wise Men and a Baby proved how um, you can have no name actors and still be successful. Uh, yeah, who who are those three guys? <laughs> Wait, I lost it again. What? Never, never, never heard, never heard of them. Never heard of them exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, that uh. That's good. Okay, so we were you're, we were talking about how like movies aren't for everybody, and some people like them and some people don't. So I'm just going to go through and I'm going to read a couple uh, reviews from IMDb. Oh, from, from your okay. You're going to read me IMDb reviews? Yes, I'm going to read you. Oh. I'm going to read you two quotes. You one to, one you from your Facebook very first movie. Those, those are always delightful. <laughs> God. Okay, Snow Bride. <laughs> okay. I keep wanting, I keep waiting to dislike these type of movies, but they're so well written and acted, I cannot. This movie is nine out of ten and another must see. Hmm. And that's from Dark Lord Mark. Dark Lord Mark. Okay, so that's for Snow. Thanks, Dark yes, Lord. So that's what Dark Mark, Dark Lord Mark wanted to hate it, but it's so well written, he just couldn't, couldn't help but love it. Thanks. Right. And then I'll jump to Holiday Sitter. <laughs> the writers should have been fired or sued. For all of their and all of their payment returned to the studio, and that's by Anna Kenora Roars or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I actually saw so. that one, and I was like, oh, "Thanks, appreciate it." You know, it was really funny. Though. That was actually my question. Huh? Do you actually look at your reviews and I did. everything like that? Um, and what's really funny is what you'll see, particularly with Holiday, Holiday Sitter, and with that one. If you go right above it, they're like, this is really well written. If you go right below it, it'll be like, this is really well written. And then you have that gym. And of course, right, right. what's the one you always focus on? But that one, you're like, well, that's, but Anna, you know. I, I, so what if Dark Lord Mark liked it? You know, Anna didn't like it. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's, you ain't going to be able to please everybody. So. Well, so what I was wondering is, do you have like, when you, you say you actually do look at them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how mentally uh, healthy that is, but do you have like a review at some point where it's like you just held on to because it's inspired you or another one like that's just so bad, like Anna Kimura's <laughs> whatever, that you just keep that just motivates you or something like that? Or you just pretty much read them and take them with a grain of salt and don't really think about them? Or do you, or do you actually, do they actually, you know, sink in at all? They do. Um, I do read them with a grain of salt. Because I, you know, I, I, even before I was writing, I was, I was on a TV, uh, on a website that was, it was called television without pity. And I used to love television without pity. And then people would have, you know, put their reactions to various shows on there back in the, the, I think it was in the odd years. And, um, sadly it's gone, but I love that place. Probably better for, I spent way too much time there. But the point was like, they could absolutely vicious on that show you know that thing and they were and I think almost sort of 
spurred spurred on to one up each other in terms of viciousness. And then you were just like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. And I had a friend of mine who was a writer on Buffy at the time, and she just got eviscerated, and um, and she just it, her husband her then husband was basically like, okay, you can never read those things again. So and I remember at the time kind of making mental note like that I knew she was a really good writer and she was a very successful writer but it still can really be um hard to read stuff like that when people go in go in and and, and say terrible nasty things um but at the same time it's like I you know people will say these overwhelmingly gushy things and I think the healthy thing is to kind of just go for the middle like hey what's the overall all reaction to it like is take out the the outliers like the you're the greatest writer ever you're the worst writer ever. and you'd be like okay what on or on this particular project what worked what didn't so that's usually what I try to see is like what worked what didn't and um I won't go to Facebook because that's just very difficult and I used to spend a lot of time I imagine the holiday sitter comments on Facebook are a little di different than your actual necessarily writing but... well the, we already had that conversation. Yeah, the Holiday Sitter, I think, from what I read in, in the Hollywood Reporter, it were of such a, a I don't know, apparently it uh, inspired Hallmark to up their um, moderate, moderation, I guess. Right. Was. So, I, I, no, I was not surprised. Um, so, but I also used to be on Twitter a lot more, and I am not anymore. I'm taking a, a long break from Twitter. So I guess right now I just kind of hang out on Instagram. And um, that said, I may peek at Twitter. <laughs> you know, like, so I may like, I'm not posting anymore and I'm not active on it. But like when Holiday Sitter did come out um, and I was actually in Europe at the time and I was like, I am curious. And so I, I did look at what the reaction, I was very happy that the reaction was as positive as it was. But um, in terms of like, do I, you know, read my reviews? It's when it comes to the movies. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check in and I'll see. When it comes to the books, I do not. I absolutely do not because I, I've seen like five stars and then one star, and I'm like, what? Who gives one star to a young adult? You know, like book. And then I've seen like three stars and like three stars, and then someone will like this. It's so funny. This one person keeps tagging me on their reviews for the books. And gushing when they're writing about it, but giving it three stars. And like this part of me is like three out of five, three out of five. Do you understand that? You know, ah! you know that whole moment. I'm like, okay, that's not healthy. <laughs> so I don't, that's where I'm just like, I'm going to remove myself from the equation. So I, it, it's a different reaction for the books than it is for, for the movies, I guess. I guess because the books are so very just, it's just me. Um, whereas the movies are a collaborative effort and I can, and I, like I said, I, I can have a situation where I know I've sent in a script that I was like, this is pretty good. And, or like, this is a good script and it just, it doesn't work. And sometimes when people are like, yeah, that didn't, this is terrible. And you're like, didn't read it right. You know, like, and sometimes you send in a script where you're like, uh, and you know, it's like I said, and they, they knock it on the park. So you never know with that since it's a collaboration. Do you ever write, actually, we said how you wrote one for Katrina, but do you ever really write with someone in mind? Jonathan. Or are you pretty much, for that for that one, mm -hmm. obviously, but for other ones, have you, or are they pretty much, you just write them and then they cast them and you're like, oh, that was a good one, or, oh. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much just, oh, I hope they get this right. And then, you know, 
like I remember asking for sweeter than chocolate. I was like, Bart, I reached out to him in after, you know, I knew I'd been shot or was being shot. It's like, who did you guys end up getting, you know, to play Lucy and Dean? And he, he told me, and I was like, Eloise Mumford, she's really good. I thought um, One December Night, I loved that one. I just thought it was such a good, it was, I just didn't really enjoyed that film um, in the Hallmark. And I was like, and I'm just watching this because I want to watch it because it did good. And she was, you know, she was wonderful. And the Baker's son as well. So when they told me that she was in there, I was really happy because I knew, I was like, okay, she's, she's always seems like she really, you know, commits to it and, and really give, gives it her all. Cause not all, not all actors will do that, you know, Hallmark or not Hallmark, but yeah, not, not all actors will kind of give it their all. And she does. And I thought, you know, I've seen, um, Dan and other things too. And he was always charming. So I was, I was really pleased. About so, so what you missed was, uh, by deleting all your DVR holiday movies, you missed the holiday nanny, which I, had I think in my preview it ranked as like my least movie I was looking forward to, and the movie turned out to be completely delightful. Oh, I loved it. Good. It was so cute. He was fantastic. It was just a great movie. Um, you know, he is all old movie, The Good Witch. So I think they did some good casting in that. All right, so let's transition to that because that movie will be coming out um, February fourth. February fourth, Saturday, yeah. eight o'clock, yeah. or seven o'clock central. So I'm going to read the, what the Hallmark um, description is. A local bakery is rumored to have the secret recipe to finding love on February 14th, drawing a TV reporter to investigate. Now that's it. That's all they said yeah. in their little description, okay. right? So I have this thing that when Hallmark does a really long description, the movie may be not the best. <laughs> And this may be the shortest one I've ever read. So I have to say this movie based off of that and my little very scientific uh, way of, you know, evaluating movies coming mm -hmm. out. I think this movie is going to be a all time classic. So uh, that's okay. Let me, let me, I'm going to encourage you to lower your expectations because every time you come into a movie <laughs> thinking it's a classic, it never necessarily, or it seldom can, can match that. I actually, funnily enough, when I first saw Tootsie, because everyone was telling how great Tootsie was. And I walked in, I was like, I'm disappointed. And then I went back because in Oklahoma at the time, there was like, you know, only so many movies. And I watched Tootsie again. I'm like, and I was also very young. And I'm, a lot of the jokes were going over my head. But um, but I was like, oh, actually, it's, it is really good because my expectations were lower. Um, so when it comes to this, I, you know, I don't know if it'll be a, a classic. I think all the elements are there to be a classic. It's based on a book by Lizzie Shane, who uh, wrote it for the Hallmark Publishing, which I don't know if that exists anymore. Um, right, I think it stopped last yeah. fall. So, um, but she she got she got that in, and it's a really charming little book. I was brought in actually again to do a rewrite on that one on a on an existing script. So anyway, so Lizzie Shane uh, wrote this book. And then they hired someone else and they did a draft and then they brought me in to do a rewrite of it. And what I did is actually brought it a lot closer, brought it back closer to the book itself. Cause I actually thought the book was, you know, cute and charming. It's very light and fluffy, but it's cute and charming. And, and so I just kind of hewed it back over there. And we then, uh, the big change from the book to the movie was, um, uh, Lucy's grandmother in the book, um, becomes her mom, like the, maternal figure that's there 
is the the mom played by Brenda Strong. And um, we made it a, a much bigger role. Like the, her mom exists in the book, but we just teased it out and made it bigger and played around with it. So Brenda would have something to um, to work with. And I think that I'm ex really excited to see how that plays out. Cause like, you know, I, it was, it's, it deals with grief actually, believe it or not. Um, and I, we were able to kind of lean into that a little more realistically than we would have been able to do in years past. So I'm really so excited. What's, inter what's interesting is I think when we talked, you hadn't seen the previews for it at all. Have you seen them yet? I did. Right after we talked, I, I you know, I went and was like, well, okay. what does it look like? And I was like, oh, it's cute. So when you look at him and you see Eloise, you know, pouring the chocolate with Dan right next to him, I mean, that's hot. Okay. That scene <laughs> looks just sexy as can be. Now, what I want to ask is kind of like going back to the holiday your question was like, was this something like, you know, you wrote for this scene to be sexy? Was this directing or is it just the fact like these are just two ridiculously beautiful people who are pouring chocolate and st that it just can, you know, yeah. help it be like a hot scene. It, so all of the above. Um, and also it was, that scene was, act, was in the book and it was written as kind of a, a romance romantic scene in the book. And so I went back and made sure that that scene, cause it wasn't in the draft I had. And I was like, we need to have like, a, has no one seen when, when, you know, like water for chocolate, you know, you need to have this sexy, right. this sexy chocolate scene and um, you know, Hallmark sexy, but still sexy. And um, so Oh no, that's just sexy. Yeah. That's not Hallmark <laughs> sexy. That's a sexy scene. So we'll see. You know, how, I'm excited to see how it plays out. But it was definitely done to be a moment where Lucy and Dean connect, and they connect in the process of, of um, creating these chocolate cupids, or just now, actually no, I don't think those were the cupids. I don't remember. But yeah, like it was. It was definitely meant to be a moment of connection between the two characters, and it helps that they are both really attractive people. Yes. Definitely always yeah. helps. <laughs> really attractive yes. people. Does definitely um, So I, I guess then I'll ask, so just based on the preview, it does seem like it's kind of more of a sexy romance. But when you're no. just describing it, you know, you're bringing up grief and things like that. So the preview may be setting up a little bit different expectation yeah, of it's what not, the movie is going to end up being, huh? It's not a, it's, it's, it's definitely not. At least, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I can't say what it ended up being. I think there are some really wonderful moments between that are potential, um, but there's there's a through line of, of uh, Brenda Strong. Helen is the character's name. Helen dealing with her own grief and how that impacts Lucy, and how that impacts Lucy's um, willingness to believe or willingness to actually enter the world of love. And, and so that, that is kind of this sort of processing it and how it makes Lucy hesitant, even though she believes in the chocolates and she believes in the magic of the, the legend of the chocolates, you know, that was sort of brought about by her grandfather. There is this, you know, hesitation because she's seen sort of the flip side of what true love can be, which can be heartbreak. And so she doesn't know if she wants to go into that. And so in the middle of all this, you have Dean charging in saying, this stuff is nonsense, you know, and, and then his sort of transformation into, um, you know, 
maybe there's more to this than, you know, at least the chocolate's great and she's attractive and, you know, this is super fun and, you know, we'll see how that goes as well. So, so. okay. Hopefully, I hope well, it works I'm out. Excited. I, I'm the the casting is encouraging. So, I th- I agree. I think it's a great cast. Um, it's interesting hearing what, what the movie is. It's, it sounds like it's a little deeper movie than uh, maybe. Like I said, the, the the description from Hallmark doesn't really provide much of anything. Certainly doesn't provide what you uh, what you have said the movie is about. It just seems it's part of it. Yeah, it's kind of like Baker Sunish. Yeah, it's it's a little big. I I don't know. I don't know. Again, I, I always hesitate because I'd be like, well, this was in the script, so I'm sure it's in the movie. And they're like, oh, they took that out. Okay. Um, it, it's definitely was a, a part of the, the development process and, um, and the script itself. So I, and I got the final script back from, you know, when they were done with it. And it, I think they only changed like little tiny bits from what the last draft I handed in. So that when they went into production, I think they made some change, the director and so forth made some production changes, but not a lot. So it's pretty much um, what I last handed in. So hopefully it's good. I'm, ex- you know, I'm excited to see it. I, I love Christmas movies a lot, obviously, uh, you know, they're a delight, but I love Valentine's day movies. Like I have lots of fun and I walking the dog um, was one of my favorite, even though I'd not credited on it. Um, it was one of my favorite scripts to write. And why were you not credited? Just curious. I wasn't a writer's guild. Of, uh, sign- I wasn't a member of the writer's guild at the time. So they brought me in um, to do a rewrite on that one. And because I was not WGA and I kept a lot of the story, but also I don't even know if I went into arbitration on that one. Um, in fact, I know I didn't cause I wasn't handed any information. And so, yeah, I didn't get any credit, but I like, took that thing down to the bolts and brought it back up. And I still, every time I watch it, I'm like, I love this movie. You know, they thought it was such a delightful film. And um, I, that's when I was like, I, I wish I got credit on that one. And there was a few others I've, I've not gotten credit on. I didn't get credit on Christmas town. I didn't get credit on love in Winterland. Is that right? Or in, it was something with Chad, Michael Murray and um, Italia, yeah i'm thinking i know the one you're talking it's, about yeah i'm not sure i've seen it yeah so it, i think i know what one you're talking so about. so i i didn't get credit so those are some of the ones i didn't get credit oh also this year i did not get credit i was really upset about this one was uh 12 the 12 the night before christmas i wanted to i even named the two characters um connor and madison that was another great one yeah i i that was a great movie. I, thank you. I named the characters Connor and Madison because it was my Christmas gift to my nephew Connor and his wife Madison. And then they took my name off of the in arbitration. I'm like, they're you know, it just it's pretty um, arbitrary. So we'll see. But uh, I yeah, yeah I that, I really wanted was, to see uh, that one. I wanted to be on that one. So. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I you were just saying don't have too high expectations. I had high expectations for it, and that one. Uh, oh, good. Did meet. I I loved it, and once again, when I did my review of it, I thought one of the strengths of it was it was just so well written. Oh, thanks. So, kudos, even if it's un- uncredited, kudos to you. The story was not my story. The story was the director's story, uh, and he had done a draft, and then he was not actually able to go for, I don't actually know what was going on, um, to be honest with you. So I, I can't say one way or the other, but they brought me in to do, um, a rewrite and to make it a little more, um, in the hallmark vein. And so I got it like, you know, work under the hood on that one. 
and have a lot of fun. And, but this, you know, in all honesty, that was not my story. It was my execution, but it was not my story. All right. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked for a while. Yes. Thank you very much. I know we had a couple little technical things. We had a couple Thank little you. furry things yeah. and stuff like that, but it was fantastic. Now, do you have anything coming up that you're allowed to talk about or Gosh. Not, maybe not allowed? So you have to be vague about? Um, well, I will tell you. I'm or working... you get to enjoy a little time. Um, I, I, I'll tell you what, like I'm, I have the two books out. So this is Christmas. So this is love. And so this is love is uh, the sequel to, so this is Christmas and it's set at Valentine's day. So, those two, I've got my two Valentine's Day uh, stories out there with that and uh, Sweeter Than Chocolate. What I am working on now uh, are several projects, actually. Like, it became, I came back from Christmas and, and everything was going all at once. Um, I'm working on probably seven movies right now. And that's... Is that typical? No. And I'm probably about okay. three more than I need to be working on that to be, like, healthy. Um, so... Um, but I, one of them, like I said, is a, a, another one with Jonathan and I'm excited, really excited about that one. And I can't, I have to be vague because part of me just is superstitious and I don't want to like say this thing's coming out, you know, um, and then something happens. Like, you know, people will always like, well, there's a movie, I think it was a kiss before Christmas. Um, James had talked about it coming out in. 2020 and then it ended up coming out in 2021 i'm not sure about the years because you know the pandemic that was 2021 yeah because that was and you had two of my favorite by the way from that year too gingerbread miracle and kiss me before christmas yeah, i lo loved both of those yeah movies. thank you i loved a kiss before christmas it was it was one that i was like that was another script i was like i know i nailed that script <laughs> you know i was like i know i nailed that script and alternate universe or alternate alternate future things that's one of my favorite me too. so you can write another one about one of those for me well okay. i i'm with you i love those things anything you can get me that's slightly sci-fi i i really have a lot of fun with i'm doing one right now that's actually going to end up on movies and mysteries so you'll probably but and this Excellent. and this is going to be very much a drama and it's set in the world of what used to be called foster care, but is now actually um, called resource family um, for, uh, in, as of around 2019. So I'm working on developing that one as well as uh, an adaptation of uh, a book. What else am I working on? Um, another script with Kevin um, called Love at the Avalon and um, set around an old, not an old, but a, set around a, a, an off, off, off Broadway uh, movie theater and that's a little on the more dramatic in new york or new york, out in california in new york and it's okay. you know as he's from Connecticut. So you're going to you're going to croach on julia's I territory I so you, you had radio city music hall we're coming on to the avalon gonna... see there is there is that feud <laughs> there is it is our... she's gonna be like wait a minute broadway's my deal you can't come here um so you got the hollywood bowl that's right you know stay out of my backyard <laughs> um so anyway um, yeah, so there's a lot of, of the, uh, uh, I have a lot of stuff coming and I know there's actually about two more that I'm forgetting or three or something like that, but okay. yeah. Oh, and one of them said on, a, that I'm writing is, uh, set on a lavender farm and I'm hoping, um, that, that see for your lavender scented paper that you demand right. for your script. That's right. I love myself. You know, that really just came about from seeing like one of the, the famous photos of a giant lavender field. And I was like, I'm going to do a lavender field. I love lavender. Who doesn't love lavender? And so 
uh, Lee Freeland and I have been working on that one for a while. So, and there you go. Awesome. So there's, that's what we're, you know, that I can remember right now. All right. Well, Tracy, it was absolutely phenomenal talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having um, me. It was really enlightening. No, no problem. I look forward to all of your movies that are coming out. <laughs> and like I say, rewatching the ones that, uh, that you have. Like I say, a lot of yours are some of my favorite movies. So Thank you. it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.